we continue to acknowledge the ongoing unmet needs and the fact that there is more uh, as a community that we can do for those living with pulmonary fibrosis. We are indeed getting closer to helping these patients. That was Dr. Emmanuel Clarisme Beatty, a pulmonologist and the head of medicine for inflammation at Boeringa Ingelheim. Welcome to Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast by Boeringa Ingelheim. I'm Louis, and for this episode, I'll be joined by some extraordinary guests, including researchers, healthcare providers, innovators, and a patient impacted by this rare disease. In this episode, we will be exploring how innovating today could have a positive impact on those diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis. To get a sense of who is driving innovation in this space, we spoke with expert pulmonologist and president of the American Thoracic Society, Dr. Gregory Downey. He also shares his perspective on the innovations that have helped shape the pulmonary fibrosis landscape over the past 10 years. The American Thoracic Society and groups like it around the, around the globe are really focused on supporting and promoting innovation. We bring together people from industry, people with novel ideas, basic scientists, clinicians, all in the same room, focused on driving innovation in treatments for respiratory diseases. I think that there are many innovations that have occurred. A decade ago, we didn't have any effective treatments, and that landscape has changed 180 degrees in the last 10 years because now we have therapies that are approved by the FDA. We have a much better understanding of mechanisms driving fibrogenesis. There has been a major improvement in a focus on the quality of life. And lastly, there is a recognition of the importance of pulmonary vascular disease and pulmonary hypertension in interstitial lung diseases. So I'm very optimistic about the future outlook for patients with fibrosing interstitial lung diseases and pulmonary fibrosis. Dr. Patricia Rivera is Chief of the Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine Division at the University of Rochester, President-elect of the American Thoracic Society, and an expert in lung cancer. Given innovation continues to accelerate at a rapid pace in oncology, she believes there are learnings that could be applied to pulmonary care. As a cancer pulmonologist, I have witnessed a a tremendous um, change in the treatment paradigm of lung cancer over the last 25 years. The results of uh, the innovative um, therapeutic interventions has completely changed the landscape of lung cancer. And that came about because of the partnerships between clinicians, clinician scientists, basic scientists, and uh, researchers in industry. And I think that's a very important partnership because when we bring people together from different um, areas, with different areas of expertise, representing different uh, strategies, if you will, across a disease process, I think that is when we make um, most advances. I never in a million years imagined that I would be um, experiencing what we have experienced now. I think if we could see those quantum leaps 
across many other disease disease processes, um, it would be just revolutionary. Alongside the revolutionary outlooks to be gained from other medical fields, one perspective remains critical to progress in pulmonary fibrosis, and that is from those living with the condition. Dr. Lennart Jungersten, Senior Vice President of Medicine and Regulatory Affairs and Chief Medical Officer for Boeringer Ingelheim US, explains why this is so important. In one way, it's very simple. We just need to talk to the patients. We cannot assume that we know what they need and, and what they want. So we need to talk directly to them. And that can be in many different ways. We need to un- understand each, each patient's needs because there is no such thing as one size fits all. And sometimes the mistake we've done in the past is that we make assumptions on behalf of patients. We think that we know what they need but we should never make that assumption. We should talk to the patients directly and to hear their stories. And the ultimate question that we should ask the patient is, how can we help? We need to make sure that we address all different kinds of patients' needs and not, not only one, one kind of patient. So we need to really make sure that we bring in diverse patient populations into our research and making sure that we bring innovations to all patients uh, and not only a, a, a subset of them. Dr. Clarisme Beatty recognises the many stakeholders that support innovation in this space and the valuable role of collaboration and partnership across these groups. I think there are several stakeholders in driving innovation in the space of pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, three main ones which come to mind are regulators, as of course we do need a regulatory framework that allows us to um, adapt innovative measures and apply innovative approaches in terms of accelerating um, therapeutic solutions for patients. Uh, Another critical stakeholder uh, is the overall scientific community. I think we are in the quest of better increasing or improving rather our knowledge of the disease And uh, the third, but not least, is is the patient. We have always valued partnership uh, with patients' organization as well as scientific organizations at Behringer. As a result, we continue to make a very conscious effort to engage with both experts and patient organizations throughout our clinical development process to ensure that we are developing indeed solutions that address key unmet needs and really having the broader community partner with us in finding solutions. Dr. Rivera recognizes the benefits of when these groups are able to eliminate barriers and generate new ideas. We break down barriers and silos in healthcare and bring together individuals that have different expertise, that have different uh, views about how to approach a disease process. We, We are more likely to think outside the box, if you will, and to think about the important questions that need to be asked, because often we sort of get stuck in our own little silo and don't realize that there are other important questions that maybe we should be asking before we ask our own question. Dr. Stephen Clasco, an expert on healthcare and leadership, as well as an author and visionary, reflects on the learnings from his career when it comes to driving innovative solutions, thinking outside of the box and impacting lives. 
the three things that, that have gotten me through uh, my career and certainly through running an 18 hospital system, uh, academic medical center to campus university uh, during the pandemic, you know, and they all start with radical, um, radical collaboration, radical communication and a radical concentration on creativity. Radical collaboration has to start with something that's good for both parties. Working within complex health systems, Dr. Glasgow emphasizes the transformative role of creativity in this process. 15 years of research in, into how physicians and health systems can be more successful has led to the fact that creativity and communication are, are the two keys. And creativity is inherent in all of us. If you are thinking about, you know, how do I make sure that healthcare starts at home? And I'm creatively thinking about how I can partner with technology, chat GPT, regenerative medicine, and those kind of areas that don't exist today or are beginning to exist today, then you'll be an incredibly successful physician or administrator. So here's the scoop. If you believe you're creative and the world around you is changing, what a great time. Innovations can be radical, but they can also be simple and functional. Ron Fluitt who has been living with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis for just under a decade, explains the innovation that has had the biggest impact for him and how it has allowed him to confidently live with his condition. I was given a spirometer by a company many, many years ago. It's enabled me to, to be in control of my condition. I do my spirometry test, my breathing test. So it measures my FVC, it measures my FEV1. I record my weights. I record my blood pressure uh, so I can look back in history and if I feel like I'm having an exacerbation coming on, my, my FEC levels might go down or my temperature's gone up so I can monitor and look at what's actually happening. So the spirometer has been a great help to me. It's empowered me to take control of my disease. Alongside delivering innovations, there is also an important element of maintaining hope for the future, which Ron valiantly does for other people living with pulmonary fibrosis. One of my favourite sayings is where there's life, there's hope. We all dread this disease and the progression and the inevitable ending. And what I mean by that is I want to give people hope. I want to share my story. I want to, I want to support people. Sharing my story, letting people know that I've been diagnosed for, for nine years, that can sometimes give them hope. The general patient isn't aware of what's going on in pulmonary fibrosis. So we can't tell them exactly what's happening, but we can say there's lots of research, there's lots of things going on, and I think with support groups and patient organisations, we're there to support others throughout, throughout this journey. Dr Downey explains how he is also driven by the desire to do better for patients. I have been a physician for over 30 years, and one of the most important things to me is bringing the best care available to my patients. Trying to figure out answers to critical questions that affect patient disease, manifestations of disease, and quality of life. And these are the kind of things that really keep me at the cutting edge 
and keep me um, focused on providing you know, the best care possible for my patients. Dr. Jungersten shares what gives him hope. What gives me hope for the future is that I see so much passion within our company. I think the willingness to make a difference and to find innovations that can address unmet medical needs is something that inspires me. And to see that passion in our company, but also with our, our collaborators, our experts around the world, is something that definitely gives me hope. We have been doing research in this field for many, many years, and we are continuously committed to evolve in this area and bring new, new science and new, new innovations to patients. He also recognizes the importance of collaborating to drive innovation for the future. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need to make sure that we have diversity in our, in our views, in our discussions. Sometimes great ideas come from where you don't really expect it. And you need to be open and to challenge yourself to open the doors to expertise and to ways of thinking where you actually find something that, you, that would surprise you. But again, it's only if we work together, if we share our knowledge with each other, then I think we can make a difference for patients. And together we can find new ways of treating this very critical disease. From our speakers, we can take away four key points when thinking about innovation in pulmonary fibrosis. First, we can take learnings from other innovative fields like oncology and apply them to this space. Next, collaboration across stakeholder groups is key. Innovation cannot be achieved in isolation. In addition, innovations may be bold and radical or simple and empowering. Lastly, we must listen to those living with pulmonary fibrosis. Keeping their lived experiences front and centre can help lead to new ideas and progress, all while inspiring us to remain hopeful for the future. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. There, you will also find previous episodes you might have missed. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to hello at boehringer-ingelheim.com.